I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello, and welcome to the MMA Fan Show. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Blake Harrison. How are you on this Sunday morning? I am good, mate. I am good. I've just realised I've left the door open, so uh, we're probably going to get some outside noise until I just quickly shut that. So, uh, as always, very professional start from me. Um, I'm good. I'm a little bit confused. Because yeah. I've just watched a certain main event, and... Mm. Uh, we're going to get onto it, but it's uh, yeah. How how are you? Are you are you confused? Are you equally confused? I'm not as confused as last weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, nothing's going to make me as confused as last weekend. I'm still Jesus. trying I mean, to. This is bad. This Strickland. is this is either bad judging or judging we don't understand. I don't just want to go out there and say bad judging because yeah. that, it feels wrong. I'm not a judge, you know. Let's let's give them some benefit of doubt here. This is either, you know, just judging we don't fully understand or it could be bad judging. Last week was just defied all laws of God and man and nature and (laughs) everything. So, so yeah, less confused uh, than last week. But here we are with, um, I suppose we should say... UFC Noche or Noche UFC. I don't know which way around you you do this, but obviously Mm -hmm. the Mexican Independence Day card that the UFC put on, headlined by uh, champion Alexa Grasso taking on, uh, in a rematch, the now challenger Valentina Shevchenko trying to get her belt back. The build-up all week was, was quite good towards the end of the week. The two of them had a little bit of needle going on. Shevchenko looked furious (laughs) just constantly. Um, and it, it looked like it was going to be pretty good. And I would say overall, the fight didn't disappoint. Not at all. Until it was, it, it was a really good fight. I think it was a much better fight than their mm. first fight. But then the scorecards were read out and it's just left a few people a little bit confused. I know you have kind of gone over this maybe a bit more than I have. So I'd love to know what your thoughts are on it and how you'd like to start this show and how you'd like to kind of talk about it. Okay. Well, I'd like to go through it sort of round by round, really. And because I'm shutting the door, I'm not leaving you. I'm not like disgusted by any of your ideas (laughs) or anything. (laughs) 
for those that aren't watching this on YouTube, uh, Harrison right. is looking full Jorge Masvidal today. He's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a really spectacular shirt on, straight yeah, out like of Scarface. I like the dress up for you, you know. All right. Well, look, I mean, I know that uh, you haven't done a sort of a, a, a bit of a sort of breakdown. And, and we should also say we've only just sort of finished watching these fights. And yes. Because I think on the face of it, it, it didn't warrant getting up in the middle of the night, this card. And, uh, no. and and I think had I have done that and then got the result that we got at the end of this, I would have been really angry. I'm <laughs> even more disappointed than I am now. Um, I'm not that angry about the result. As a, I'll, I'll, I'll ex- Remind me to explain this later. I don't understand the result, yeah. but okay. I'm sort of, because of what will transpire going forward now, I'm not totally angry at it, but carry yeah. on. All right. So look, let's let's start with round one, okay? And so I think right from the off, Valentina like dominated with the striking. Much, yeah. much heavier strikes uh, until one shot. But I think what, what we saw was Valentina, she looked angry. Like you said that she looked angry in the press. She come in there, she looked laser focused. Yeah. Like and she I don't know. Her body know was not... angry. Yeah, her body. Right, that, her exactly. body was angry. She it was, was tight. She wasn't and it loose, was, was she? She was exactly loose. What but I, I tell you what, she there. was the first kind of like minute and a half. She was firing in like some body yeah. kicks and some jabs, and she was she was pissed. <laughs> she yeah. was really angry that she was back here against mm. Grasso without her belt around her waist. And that 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 jab, like, well, I, I think that was a, a real important part of the whole fight. Her jab looked yeah. phenomenal. Um, I think Grasso uh, looked all right, looked all right. I think um, there was the body lock takedown at the end, but I think like Grasso landed one shot and it landed really clean in that first round. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, for me, I thought Shevchenko in that first round was so dominant with her striking, she took the first round. Like, so I, I definitely gave the yeah. first round. And I think on most po- people's scorecards, I think that was a, 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 oh. a safe choice to give that round to Shevchenko. I don't think Grasso yeah. done anywhere near enough to, uh, no. to take easy, that round. Easy Shevchenko round for me, round one. Okay, right. So things get more interesting in round two, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. like, Shevchenko straight away comes back out, tries to sort of dominate uh, the striking, throws a huge right hand, then Grasso, I think she's almost a little bit... I think her feet aren't placed particularly well, um, um, Valentina's. But Grasso clips her yeah. and good and drops her. She does her. one of those backward rolls. She falls yeah, backwards, yeah, yeah, but she yeah. sort of rolls backwards straight onto her feet. So yeah. it shows there was probably... Don't get me wrong, I count that as a knockdown. 100%. But, 100%. but there was probably as much of a balance issue involved Completely. in that as much as it was just the impact of the strike. That's but exactly that's a knockdown. That is a knockdown. Of course knockdown. it is. Of course it is. Um, but then she absolutely like swarmed her in that sort of clinch. It was it was like a, mm. a bit of a tyre clinch, but there was lots of dirty boxing going on it. And, yeah. and I thought she looked... Uh, but re- re- really uh, phenomenal, um, Grasso there. And Valentina I thought, well, looked is... hurt in that moment. Yeah, she a- a- looked absolutely. really hurt in that moment. Then she went for the the, the, the double leg and she got it. Uh, but then Grasso got straight back up and then just started throwing real vicious knees. Um, was so there, was think... that where there was the up kick as well? There was the up the, kick. No, and then... no. That, that no, was, was that... that was no that was a li- that was a little later. I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Hang on, am I? 
No, you go, you go. I'm interrupting. You go. You're, I'm you're sure right. it was because that upkick was fantastic as well. Yes. Um, but so I think round two, I, I, I think, you know, if we're scoring that as a knockdown, that's, that's Grasso's round, right? Yeah, and as you say, the, the upkick as well, I think. Mm-hmm. And even from bottom towards the end of the round, Valentina tried to kind of push through in sort of into Grasso's guard yeah. because I think as she went down, Grasso from her back landed yeah. a couple of hooks. And I think that slightly rocked Shevchenko as well. I don't know that anyone else has picked up on this, but mm-hmm. I think you watch that moment. Shevchenko goes down to try and get on top of her again and she sort of stops and then ends up pushing through into... She doesn't try and pass Grasso's guard. She tries to push into it to get her head down, I think, because she got caught with shots on the way in as well. So that is 100% a Grasso round easy. I think the first kind of three rounds are very easy to score, I think. But it's yeah, after t- that. Tell Mike Bell that. Crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think he probably got. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We're trying to use a bit of technology on today's episode. Oh, in charge. So we'll see go how bandy. that goes. <laughs> it's going to have absolutely no purpose uh, yeah. for anybody listening. But if you're over on YouTube, you'll get something uh, more aesthetically pleasing than our, uh, our elderly bones. Right. Okay. Right. Round three. Uh, again, I thought Shevchenko comes straight out trying to sort of assert herself and, and, and take control of the octagon. Lots of like little sort of inside right kicks. And uh, and I don't know if you saw like the, the, the inside leg kicks. Uh, Grasso w- was getting some swelling and, uh, and, and, and what looked like a bit of bruising as well. Um, and where do we go after this? I'm just trying to look at that. Um, ah, right. So that was quite interesting. Um, Grasso got out of a um, the mounted guillotine, um, and then literally just went straight into um, the, the body triangle, uh, Valentina's body triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so for me, I think just the control there and the, the dominance there uh, and the yeah. damage from that point, like where she was just trying Shevchenko's round, right? All, all day long, going into yeah. the championship rounds, it's two one Shevchenko. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone scored it any differently. Ramforce, the one, I think, that I guess could go either way on some yeah. people's scorecards, right? Yeah, yeah. Straight back out, Shevchenko, completely, like, I've got so many notes about, I was so impressed with her jab. Like, she completely starts throwing that jab out, and it's looking so crisp. And you can see that it's causing Grasso issues trying to get the range. Because she can't, yep. because she's just being like smacked with that kind of crisp um, jab, and then that's when basically when them sort of shots of exchanges, there's one thrown back at um, Valentina, and then Grasso gets that clinch, and then she starts walking her back, and as we see her walking back, she's throwing knees. And Valentina's kind of reaching for the canvas as well. To, yeah, and, to try and have that point of contact so she can't throw the knees. And you but could th- see Shevchenko complaining like yeah. when, when she got well, to her back against the octagon. She was saying, look, 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 what, what, what was going on there? And she was sort of motioning that she had her hand on the, on the canvas. But I think if you, you watch the replay, like she's throwing as she's stepping and as she's stepping, her hand's coming off. I don't think there was any illegal I've- knees thrown there. Well, uh, as John Annick said on the broadcast, we've rewatched the tape. There was no illegal knees. And apparently, and I didn't know this, but it makes sense. You can't just sort of drag your hand along the it's mat weight, and that it? count as a point of contact. There has to be weight 
on it, it you have to be kind of basing with, with it as well. Yeah. Uh, so there's three kind of points of contact on the map. Um, and dragging your hand across does not count. So when I was watching it, I was like, oh, God, Grasso's got to be careful here. Like, surely that's illegal. But but no, uh, that they weren't illegal knees, so they count. And they were impactful. They so, were. They they were. I mean, I do think maybe up until that moment, you've done more detailed breakdown than me. I'm just going by by memory, and I sort of watched it in reverse order. So the the Chevy fight was probably the first fight I watched, um, and uh, I felt like Valentina had maybe could you could argue Valentina had done enough. But then those knees there's, were so impactful. No, there, there, there's more yet, though. That's the thing. There's more yet. Go on. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that happened around the three-minute mark, them knees. Yeah. And up until then, Shevchenko had, had controlled that that fight, yeah. that, that round, sorry. And then you get them knees. Yes, they were impactful. But then as soon as she comes out of that, there's two minutes of Shevchenko outboxing her, like completely outboxing yeah. her, until right in the last 10 seconds, it goes to the ground, and she locks that heel hook in, which doesn't look like it's nah. going to work. And obviously nah. the buzzer goes. Um, for me, I thought Valentina got that round. I thought, like, apart from them them knees, yeah. she just outstruck her and, and looked so much stronger and dominant. in, And, and, and I think potentially uh, caused more damage because there was blood pouring down the face of, of, of Grasso coming into the fifth as well. Uh, and that comes from them, them stiff jabs. Well, you two of the judges agree that uh, Shevchenko won rounds round four, and one of them believed that Grasso won round four. Well, I'll tell you what we do: we'll, we'll we'll get through round five, and then should we pull up the scorecards? Sure, and, uh, yeah. and then we'll we'll have a sort of closer look at at that. So, I I, I think it could potentially have been. Two each going into the fifth. Yeah. You know, on, on some people's scorecards, it could have been. It was 3-1 to me. Yeah. Um, and then... I think either scorecards are valid at this point. Yeah, yeah. Either score... It could be 2-2. Two, two, it could be 3-1. I, I, I don't think you can argue too much. You can understand how someone's got to either of those places. I agree. I agree. The first two minutes of round five... Grasso's not really doing a lot of work. She's she's circling like um, I think she looks a bit tired. A strikes look quite sort of laboured. And again, Valentino just looking solid with her striking, looking dominant. Um, so that's when Chev goes for the the takedown, and Grasso does yeah. that fantastic switch. A bad mistake by Shevchenko there, yeah. and. Uh, and and she switches, takes her back, and and locks in that choke. Um, she does retain control of her back. Yep. But while she's not doing any damage, Shevchenko is striking constantly. Like uh, she's still my throwing memory is shots. That Grasso from was doing shots whilst on on her back. Okay. I, I felt like that that minute and a half at the end was all Grasso for me. Yeah. She was going for the choke, but she was also raining down blows at points. Okay. Um, so that last minute and a half for me was all Grasso. It's just, did Chevy do enough leading up to that point to still win the round? Uh, them first two minutes, as I said, like 
uh, I thought Shevchenko completely outstruck her and, yeah. and she looked tired and laboured and the, the shots weren't really doing anything. The actual stats on the significant shots for the whole fight were really quite tight. Um, but um, but for me, I think it just comes down to damage in that fifth round. Yep. And, and I feel if you look at the state of Grasso's face in the early parts of that round, that damage is coming from big, heavy shots from Shevchenko. We have, we have to be careful about that, though. It's like when we talk about damage on someone's well, face, I, I know what you're you know, that whole thing saying. of like Nate Diaz, yes, you flick him and he will open yeah. up. You can't yeah. score that in the same way as someone who doesn't get marked up but has taken an impactful strike. It's about the, yeah. it's not about the damage on the face or the blood you can see. It's about, which is a difficult science, but measuring the impact yeah. of that strike. So, who so had intri- the most the accumulation of the biggest impact in the overall yeah. round on the on the opponent. And so I think, I, 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 for me, I, I felt that until Shevchenko made that little error and Grasso took her back, I thought she completely dominated that round. Yeah, and and by, by just a compl- outboxing her. Um, yeah. So for me, I, I still give I give round five to to, uh, to Valentina as well. Yep. Um, and so it, it just kind of, I think Valentina knew she'd won. And, you know, I think she looked super confident. I thought Grasso didn't think she'd won. Um, when as soon as you see them, like, break, you can generally see on the fighter's face, like, who looks like this is mine and who looks yep. like, oh, this could be worryingly tight. Um, and then we get the decision. And I mean, before we get to that decision, like when the final buzzer went, like what? Where, where was you at with it? What, what did you I, think? I I was thinking it could be forty eight forty seven Shevchenko, or it could potentially be forty nine forty six Shevchenko. Yeah, I didn't score round five for Grasso, despite the fact that she got in some really good spots towards the end of the round. I just felt like Chevy had done enough in the lead up to that moment to take round five. And that was a key moment for me. And yeah. that is why I am so sure. I don't know if you want to, we, we're going to, we're talking about the cards. Why don't you try and bring up that, um, that scorecard if possible okay. for us to, to quickly look at. This is where uh, granddad Whiffin tries oh, to get look a bit at technological. This. Look at this. Look at this. If you're staring on YouTube, at, I'm you're staring right at the future, right Blake. Now. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Stu Whiffin's done it. So uh, this isn't like a great shot. This is literally, I took this off my TV. Uh, so <laughs> not the best shot in the world. But as you can see, if you are watching this on YouTube, First three rounds are pretty clear. All the judges score it the same. Me and Stu scored it the same. I'm pretty much everyone out there scored it the same. Going into the championship rounds, so let's let's Shevchenko so, so them first three rounds up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, cool. So let's just draw a line of them. We don't need to talk about the first three rounds. They were pretty clear. Round four, I think you could score it for Grasso. I can totally see you scoring it for Grasso. Those knees, all that stuff towards the end. She landed some impactful moments. Chevy, you could you could score it for her as well. And as you've seen with the judges here, if you're watching this on, on YouTube, you can see that uh, Camicho scored it for Grasso 10-9, but both Mike Bell and Sal Diamato scored it 10-9 to Shevchenko. So mm-hmm. again, there's no robbery here. There's no mm-hmm. problem. Judges scored it differently, and both judges can probably have 
a claim that their scorecard is is better than the other one. It's just down to opinion that moment, how you've judged that round. Round five, you've got Camicho and Sal Diamato scoring it for Grasso, 10-9, even though I actually scored it for Shevchenko and you actually scored it for Shevchenko, yeah. but it's 10-9 according to those judges. Mike Bell... This is where the problem comes in. It's Mike Bell's scorecard has scored it a 10-8 for Grasso. Where's he got got that from? I don't know because if, like, look, we can hold our hands up as fans that have never done a judging course and say, look, don't respect our opinion over Camicho and Sal Diamato. They gave it 10-9 to Grasso. So our scorecard of giving that to Shevchenko is wrong. So as far as I'm concerned, from watching that, I'd say, right, well, you could score it um you could score it uh forty-eight, forty-seven to Grasso if you've given a four and five, or you could score it to uh Shevchenko if you've given a one, three, and four. If you want to say that one and three are definitely Shevchenko's, and you can go by the judges' scorecards, even me and Stu disagree and say that two and four are definitely Grasso's. Two and five, sorry. Two and five yeah. are definitely Grasso's. So round four is the round where you'd go, oh, which way could it go? And that's what uh, decides the fight because it was close. But the fact that this draw has all come down to the fact that Mike Bell gave a 10-8. And, if, uh, uh, look, I'm not saying – like uh, um, I'm putting us down by saying you should focus on the judges' scorecards. They know more what they're talking about than what we do, which is, you know, makes that's common sense. But if me and Stu are saying, I actually gave that to Shevchenko, we're not that stupid that you should have given it a 10-8 to Grasso. Hmm. I don't think. Like, that just, that strikes me as really, really strange. And it's, if, if he gave a 10-9 to... Um, to Grasso, as I think yeah. he he arguably should have done, then we're looking at a situation where Shevchenko should be the new champion right now, and she should have won by split decision. It would have been 48-47 Grasso on one card and 48-47 Shevchenko on two cards. That's when the belt goes to Shevchenko via split decision. But now we've got a draw because of... a. a a very strange 10-8 as far as I'm concerned. I would love to listen to some other people who I respect uh, talk about about this scorecard and whether they can make a case for Mike Bell having a, a 10-8 and that making sense. But so far, I cannot see it. In, in, in regards before, we, you know, we, we've referred to him as Mike Bellend, we should also stress... The, um, the, we haven't he, done that on the show, though. That was in private. We should stress that um, he, you know, he, he, this won his first time. You know, he, he's he's uh, he's a very well respected uh, judge within uh, UFC and has, has has worked on countless cards. So um, yep. we, we 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 should not sort of disrespect him too much. But yeah. I think it's more. So this isn't one of those situations. I, I want you to carry on the point, but there are situations out there where you get like the the UFC going to Texas. Or going to, yeah. you know, maybe even France or, or somewhere where MMA is like, you you, you get some of these smaller um, judges or referees on the local scene given their opportunity to do a big UFC card, and they just 
absolutely get something really, really, yeah, yeah. really wrong. This does happen because they go to different states or different countries where people go, well, if you come into our state and our country, our athletic commission, we want to have some local people refing fights or, or judging fights, and they're not ready for it yet, and they make mistakes. Mike Bell's not that guy. Did did I, did I hear this right? Um, I was a bit short for time this morning, so I, I sort of um, – I did, I did listen to the post-fights, but – when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I was sort of kind of, sort of multitasking so we could get around to doing this. But did I hear Valentina say something along the lines of it might have been quite a close fight, but it's Mexican Independence Day. That's why I yeah. think she got the decision. She did not ingratiate herself to the Mexican fans at all. She was in there in the post-fight chat with uh, Daniel Cormier, and she said that she feels like the judges felt the pressure of it being the Mexican Independence Day card. And she said, in a fair fight, the victory would have been hers. Now, I think that is a little bit harsh in terms of, you know, if it was a fair fight, the victory would have been hers. Because as we've established, if you've scored this 48-47 for Grasso, that's that's okay. I, I gave round five to, to Chevy, but all of the judges gave round five to Grasso. So that makes sense. And round four is that one that makes all the difference. Uh, which way did you give that? Again, I uh, yeah, that it's down to how you how you scored round four, really. Um, but uh, but in this situation, Mike Bell's ten eight in round five is just it's so strange. It's so strange. So I don't know about pressure. I don't know about in a fair fight she would have been victorious. That seems a bit harsh. This was a very very close fight, but certainly there's some questions to be asked about the ten eight. Yeah, I did. I did like the. Uh, this is. Uh... A, a draw and the Mexican fans like boo and so still and he was like hey! they something <laughs> and it quite worked out what it meant till they realised the belt got Grasso put like Grasso understood. no I, don't she, Grasso I, mean, she, I mean she said in her she post fight thing, she was like oh yeah I thought I did enough to, to win or whatever it was it was a close fight but I am the winner and DC was like well it was a draw yeah <laughs> and really, and really like he, undercut what she said 
and, and importantly so as well, because it, yeah. it did look yeah. like, uh, I guess when you're at home and you've got the roar of that crowd and you've still got that belt around your waist, it, I guess it can easily be a slip to think that, well, I'm still yeah. the winner. Like, but, okay, so. Did you see the Sean Shelby? You saw the Sean Shelby Oh, clip, incredible. I watched it live. Stage. It was great. No. Like, if you haven't you seen just... it, go and watch before the announcement is said. A good old, our mate, our mate, good old Bruce Buffer. If you haven't heard our interview with him, please go and watch that. It's fantastic. Mm. We sat down with Bruce in person and had a really cracking chat with him. So please go and check that out if you haven't already. Um, but um, Bruce Buffer goes up to Sean Shelby and he whispers in his ear. And you just see Sean Shelby's reaction over Grasso's shoulder in the background. Just being like... What? Just so shocked and confused. <laughs> it's brilliant. Please go back and rewatch that. Or oh, that clip might have even surfaced on the socials. Um, when I saw that, when I saw that, because I think like it was impossible not to notice it. I think even if you're yeah. like the most casual of fan, you couldn't help but just see him do that and react like oh, that. And I just so thought, good. and when I saw that, I just thought, Grasso's won this. And like, and then obviously it was even a more bizarre outcome. Um, but yeah, very, very strange. So where does that leave the, the division? What what happens here? Oh boy. Oh boy, I think it's great. <laughs> this is why I'm not I'm not upset too much about the result. I'm upset about I don't think that scorecard was right. I mm. I believe the 10-8 is wrong and I feel for Valentina because if that 10-8 is is a 10-9, she's the new champion. Mm. And so I do feel like that is very, very harsh. But I feel like for this is one of those random moments where both what the UFC, I think, needs to happen and what the fans want to happen aligns. Personally, you have to run it back. You have to run this back. I think you need a definitive answer. And um, that fight was a really good fight. It wasn't like a bore fest or anything. And from the UFC's perspective, Shevchenko's the biggest star in that division. She drives the pay-per-views. I know this wasn't a pay-per-view fight. They gave it to you for free. Maybe that says a lot about Shevchenko's pulling power on the pay-per-views. Maybe it's not what we think it could be. But I think this goes on as a co-main event of any pay-per-view and does well because of it. Because people are now even more interested. You either think Valentina got robbed or you're like, no, Grasso won. All right, but that 10-8 was a very, very strange card. There's a lot going on here now. And I think even more will these two be at each other's throats a little bit verbally as well. And that will build the momentum for this fight. You can put this on the undercard of, you know, say they do Prahajka versus Pereira for a vacant light heavyweight title. And this is on the co-main event. You know, you've obviously got uh, uh, John Jones and, and Stipe coming up. I'm not sure if Colby Leon is on the co-main event of that or not, but that's happening uh, soon. Um, there'll be cards next year. This can go on to uh, a variety of, of, of cards as a good co-main event for a pay-per-view. So I think the UFC business-wise knows that this is probably the fight to make. Shevchenko and Grasso are bigger stars than Blanchfield and Furo. Um, and we as fans need to know. What what should happen here? Like in some people's eyes, this is one one. In some people's eyes, it's you know this is just unfinished business for most of us. I think so. We I think we have to run this back. And what that does as well is it means that we also get a fantastic, without a shadow of a doubt, 
number one contender yeah, fight yeah, at yeah. 125 that's, that's, that's as well. Happen, it's got and to... that is going to be a gra- cracking fight. You've yeah. got Erin Blanchfield, who I think has already deserved the title shot. Manon mm-hmm. Furo, who got that big win over Rose Namajunas in Paris. You could argue she deserves a title shot as well. So now, rather than just picking one and saying, let's send that one against Grasso or Shevchenko or whatever it is, we go, right, number one contender fight in an ideal world on the same card. Let's do Blanchfield versus Furo well, as the opener to a pay-per-view or something like that. Or on the the, um, the the featured bout on the prelims, like the main event on the prelim card. And then you get the Valentina versus, Chef che- uh, versus yeah, Grasso, yeah. sorry, rematch at the end. And you can do a stare down in the cage because it's for sure. Blanchfield, Furo, they're the women that should be fighting for the belt next. And because we've had this situation with the draw, those two should go at it for a number one contender fight. And that would be a fantastic fight. Absolutely, absolutely. And obviously, you know, um, Manon's fight was, what, a couple of weeks ago. So she's in no rush to fight yet. And then obviously we've just seen um, the champ and Valentina just have a, a five-rounder. So nothing's going to be happening for a while. So it wasn't makes that long sense. ago either. Yeah. Her, her fight against Santos was only yeah. recently. So, yeah, it makes sense. But all those four on ice for, you know, three months, maybe four, something like that. And then put because- them all on the same card. So that we get some real good kind of like, oh, it's almost like a sort of mini Grand Prix, mini tournament for uh, for that flyweight belt. And, and and I think you need to do it like that because I think otherwise, either Blanchfield or Manon against Grasso, unless it's in Mexico, it's not a big fight. I don't think it's a huge fight. Um, I think Valentina's still the name. You know, she's the person in that division that is going to get the attention. She's the one that's the 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 the, the superstar, uh, and I think it gets more interesting. You know, I, I think have them there on that undercard, like you say, get that stare down afterwards, and then yeah. you really market something very good and totally deserved. Yeah. We get to know who the champ is. You know, we know that champ is, and then that champ fights the person who is absolutely number one in line for that shot. That's Couldn't agree yep. more with you there, mate. Um, well, look, that makes a change. Um, <laughs> let's have a little look what else is on the go. Okay, so we well, saw Kevin Holland. Before we do, should we oh, okay. quickly, before we mention anything, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, the fact that we're partnered with, with Gamcare yes. and the fact that they are a fantastic charity that help people with gambling addictions. Um, if you are someone that is potentially suffering with a gambling addiction or if you are a family member, a friend of someone suffering with a gambling addiction, Gamcare can really, really help you. They have a fantastic website. They have a 24-7 uh, helpline. Uh, if you're not comfortable speaking to someone over the phone, you can go on the website. They've got one of those little chat boxes where you can talk to someone, talk about your problems, your issues. If you're having uh, situations where your gambling is affecting your relationship with your loved ones, maybe you're in debt, maybe you're looking at payday loans because you've spent your paycheck too quickly because of gambling, anything like that, please go to Gamcare and get some help. And the other thing that they do, which is absolutely fantastic in a day and age where there's lots of people struggling with their mental health and struggling to find counsellors and stuff like that. Gamcare have the ability to get you counselling very, very, very quickly, very quickly. And it's for free, which is absolutely fantastic. And get you counselling to help deal with that. And also, as I said, if you're a friend or a family member of someone suffering with uh, gambling, you can use those counselling helplines too, because it damages not just the individual with the problem, 
but the immediate people that they love around them are damaged by it as well. So, Stu, have you got the phone number, the website, and all that jazz? Certainly have. You can call them for free on 0808 802 133. That's 0808 802 0133. Uh, you can hit them up on the website, which is gamcare, G A M C A R E.org.uk. That's gamcare.org.uk. Head over there. You've got one of the little pop up boxes as well. So just jump on there. If you don't want to pick up the phone, you can jump on there, uh, completely anonymous, and, and, and have a chat to somebody on one of the little pop up boxes and just get that process started. Um, yeah, gamcare.org.uk. Right. Kevin Holland, Jack Della Maddalena. Um should what, what what do you want to say about this? It was it was a close fight. I, yeah, it, it, it weren't that exciting, was it? It was sort of interesting. It was really interesting to see how Jack was trying to get around Kevin Holland's uh, uh, the, like get long Mr. arms. Get Mr. Tickle arms, yeah. Get those Mr. Tickle arms. <laughs> it's like getting around them. That was a, that was a tricky one. Um I think round 1 for me Definitely Jack's round. Uh, Kevin Holland was giving his back a lot. And um, and Jack landed a head kick at one point after two low kicks. Mm. He went up top and, and that landed. I think that gives him round one. I think round two was, I think, close again. But it was Holland's round, I felt. And then mm. round three was very, very close. And then right at the end, I felt like Jack nicked it with a couple of good strikes that landed he had, cleanly. He had two and where I, he rushed him, didn't he? And, yeah. And through and I barrages. Like it, was, it was up for grabs until yeah. right near the end, that 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 third round, and, and therefore that whole fight by my scorecard. So a split decision, very understandable decision. Um, no controversy here. I think had they given it to Holland, I'd have been like, oh, I thought it was Jack. But again, I wouldn't have like argued about it. It's Nothing was as egregious uh, as that 10-8 from Mike Bell, in my opinion. Um, it wasn't exciting. To say about it? It wasn't exciting. Um, and, and see, I, hope, I, I, I don't know if I'd go that bad with it. There was moments where it wasn't that exciting, but there was some fascinating moments within it for me. Yeah. I, I just think... Um, I mean, what, what Jack Della Maddalena is now, what, six and are in the UFC? Oh, I haven't uh, looked this up, yeah. Um, I think he's um, on, on a bit of a tear, but... I didn't think he'd done anything in there last night that made anybody at 170 just go, oh, I don't want that smoke. And and what I don't think helped is, I'm not hating on him at all. Um, you know, he, he got the win. I thought it was a very tight fight. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I do lean on what you said. Them, them last couple of sort of rushes at the end, I think probably nicked the fight for him. Um, but post-fight, like right, okay. Who do you want next? Uh, whatever. I right. think he was emotional. And then he, went, he was being booed and stuff. And but then he was whatever. like, "I don't give a whatever, just whatever." And I just thought, "Oh, dude, like there was your moment. You probably where is he now? Maybe fourteen. Like and yeah. well, just, I think Holland was thirteen, so he'll probably go. Oh, up right, okay. One so he's he's going to go up one, yeah. Yeah, he, as uh, you say, I mean, I didn't realize how good his record was. Really, he lost his first two pro fights, mm. and not then in the UFC, right? No, his first two pro yeah. fights, yeah, which is quite amazing. Lost them, and then has now gone on a sixteen-fight win streak. God, I mean, that's some turnaround, didn't it? You lose your first two pro fights back in 2016. And now you're on a 16-fight win streak, and I think six of those are in the UFC. Yeah, when you start putting together win streaks like... 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This, whether it's slightly boring or not, and not to mention his first four fights in the UFC, all finishes in round one. All finishes in round one, which is really impressive. And now he got a split decision, I think, against um, Javez recently. Yeah, that was only two months ago. He fought only two months ago. That's another thing you have to understand. He fought two months ago on a guy that came in at short notice who Jack was supposed to absolutely smash. He didn't. He only won by split decision. And that sent alarm bells ringing around people saying, oh, is this guy as good as we thought he was? Because he's just struggled there when he really should have smashed the guy. Now he's gone on to fight Kevin Holland, who we all know is is dangerous. He's very good. He's got good jujitsu as well as being long and rangy, tricky on the feet, kung fu style, all that stuff. And he's only won a split decision, although I I do think he deserved to win that split decision. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's six six fight win streak now. You can't deny like is he gonna have to get to the Arnold Allen and Leon Edwards start situation where he's not gonna be getting anywhere near a title shot until, you know, he's on nine, ten plus fights. It sh- it shouldn't go that way. That's not how it should be. Mm. I know that his last two fights have been split decisions and it's not been the most maybe entertaining for you, particularly the the last his fight last night. But I think when someone's got a six-fight win streak going and four of them are finishes, you have to start thinking this guy needs to move up the rankings a bit quicker and we need to really test where he's at. So I'm just going to quickly look at the welterweight for, uh, rankings, unless you want to jump in with any well, kind of ideas just, or, or thoughts about him. Well, I guess um, Jeff Neal seems to be uh, you know, loitering around the, 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 the yes. gate to the top ten and obviously really recently good didn't shout. see him... Uh, Pulled the fight from um, Ian Gary. Ian Gary. Um, Ian Gary at number 11. I don't really see that they're going to no. make that fight happen. That doesn't make sense. No, um, no sense. You've got Vincent Luque uh, at number 10 as well. But I, I think the, the, the Jeff Neal, Sean Brady. Vincent Luque. Vincente Luque. Vincente Luque. I swear you said Valentino Shevchenko earlier as well. Um, Valentina. 
Val- I swear you said Valentino. I swear you did. Um, right. From now on, uh, I'm just going to keep me V's to Val's and Vince, right? I'm yeah, safe then. Val, Val-, Val and Vince. <laughs> what a sounds sitcom. Like a re- sounds like a terrible sitcom, doesn't it? Val and Vince. Um, yeah, Matt, yeah, I think that's oh. a great shout, Jeff Neal. I mean, you could you could say that Ian Gary could, could fight Jeff Neal anyway. There's beef there. There's something there, but... I don't know. I think I think Jack Della Maddalena versus uh, Jeff Neal and Ian Gary going for that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight. Obviously, that one. could be That's the something. One. I mean, these rankings are probably going to have to change soon anyway because Hamzat Shemaev is ranked fourth in the welterweight rankings, and we all know that he is um, he's going up to middleweight to fight Paolo Costa very very soon. Yeah, so he'll be coming out of there. So everyone's going to leap up one place anyway. Um, but yeah, I definitely think Jeff Neal is a really good shout for Jack Della Maddalena. Both good crisp boxers as well. That could that could be a really fun fight. And maybe that's what he needs. Yeah. He needs and, a and, guy and that different, have a fun, different levels fun of range. I think yes. it'd be far more in the pocket, and he likes fighting in yeah, the pocket. You could see when he got inside, like he was far he was more effective against Holland. So I think having a, a, a much shorter and less wiry fighter could give a, a much more exciting kind of uh, yep. tear up. Um, yep, I agree. Raul Rosas Jr. had a really great comeback uh, after losing his last fight. You know, all the hype behind him. Youngest fighter on the UFC roster. This 18-year-old uh, wizard. And um, and then he lost his last fight. Kind of gassed out. Was really not good. The problem with this for me is I don't... I haven't seen necessarily a great improvement. It's a great kind of mental victory for him to come back and... Um, to put on the performance that he did, to get the win that he did. But he went out there like a bat out of hell. Thankfully for him, Terence Mitchell did the same. And he was able to clip him with a beauty of a left hook when Terence Mitchell thought that he was probably sidestepping out of the way. It just come right round onto him. Um, and I just think that's a great win. It's a great moment. UFC Noche, all that stuff. Youngest fighter on the roster. Let's keep that going. Build him up slowly. But... I think I would have felt a little bit better about him going forward had he come out way more composed, had he let it go a bit longer in the round or or even got into the second round and got a solid victory there. Right now, I'm like, if you come out composed and weather the storm in the first round against Raul Rosas Jr., is he still going to gas? Because he really did in that previous fight and that's what cost him. Uh, so I don't feel like I've learned anything new about him. But no. he's 18, there's a long way to go, and it's still a really, really good win to just get a first-round knockout win in in front of a sort of home crowd. It wasn't that, Mexico, that but it was, card needed yeah. that. Yeah. Like, that was the perfect, perfect thing because what we got that followed that with Hotland and that wasn't overly thrilling for, uh, for, for, for a casual fan. Uh, whereas I think... You know that there is a lot of hype around him, and it, and he did look quite terrible in that last outing. Um, but what we see is him come back, really wanting to prove a point. And we know as 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 obsessives to this sport that we do want to see, we want to learn more about these fighters and see that if they're in that same situation again, how they would react. What happens coming out to rounds two and three if you've just gone on an absolute tear in that first round? And, and you're blowing out your ass. What is, you know, what what are we going to get from Raul Rosa Jr. later down the line? 
we didn't see that, but I think what we saw was super exciting and I'd much rather last night watching that card have seen what I saw. It was it was fun. It was exciting. Um, I think it'd do his confidence good. Um, and I think he would 100% of, like, his corner would have, like, learned from that last fight. I'm sure other changes were made, so that wouldn't be an eventuality last night. We don't know. But I guess it just, it kind of maybe puts that that hype train back on, 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 on the railway lines again a little bit. And, uh, and who knows? Like, we're gonna, you know, the more he fights, the further, you know, the, the tougher opponents he gets. I mean, the, the, the guy he fought last night, I think it was his second fight in the UFC. Um, he lost to Kai Car France in the Ultimate Fighter finale, I think. Um, it might not even be the finale, but he lost to Kai Car France in the Ultimate Fighter a few years back. Um, since then, he had his UFC debut um, a while back, lost that, and, and he's just come in against the hype train in technically his back garden, however you want to sort of frame that. Um, the Mexican Crab, you know, made in their own last night 100% and yeah. Uh, yeah I think I think we saw something really fun and exciting last night and it was great to watch and you know I think he's he's great I mean you know he's I think his ego maybe needed reining in a little bit last time he was he seemed to be getting very very super cocky and mm. and yeah, and and I, and I think you know that must have just I mean the kid's 18 for god's sake I mean yeah. you know if you've got the world and their wife telling you that, like, you are the man at 18 years of age and you're fighting in front of, you know, tens of thousands of people, you know, I've got to be a grounded lad to to, to to not let that get to you. But I think it got to him a little too much. And I think that last outing would have reined him in a bit. And I think last yep. night he, he went in there and, and done what I think he needed to do to get his confidence back where it needs to go. And and fingers crossed we see something more exciting next next fight. Absolutely. Um there is not a huge amount else to talk about, I don't think. There was obviously... Um, I've not Zell- seen the prelims yet. Right, well, I'll just run through a few results and we'll talk about a couple of little bits. Zell Huber beat Jagos by an anaconda, I believe. Uh, Carl Nelson uh, beat Padilla by a decision. An interesting fight. Ranked Tracy Cortez coming back after a long time off. Beat uh, Jasmine Jastavicius. Uh, she kind of confirms her uh, uh, spot in that top 15, Tracy Cortez, by defending against someone unranked in Jastavicius. I think Jastavicius is unranked. I'll double-check that in a second. But, uh, you know, Cortez looked good. You know, she's someone that's very good on the ground, but it was her boxing and her hands that did well in this fight. And uh, I believe she's now 5-0 and in the UFC. So she's someone, again, that should be staring up the rankings going, come on. I need a, a, a really good someone solid in the top 10, someone eight, seven, something like that, uh, and really go for it um, and see what she can do. Uh, there was one moment that was interesting where Jazz Davisius was like grabbing her braids. Both of them had like long braids down here. And Jazz Davisius, I think, was getting quite frustrated and going in for the strikes, but looked great in that third round. She was kind of like marauding forward. Like she almost looked inhuman because her face was busted up a bit and she had her arms down and mouth open at one point just walking forward to Cortez who I think was like I'm so glad this isn't a five round fight because she's like a zombie (laughs) just coming at me I'm hitting her with strikes and she's not stopping you know she's not getting stopped um so, yes, yeah, so I thought that was good. But uh, uh, Jastavish is like grabbing the braid at one point just to try and, I think, lead her into a kick or something yeah. like that, which obviously is illegal. You can't do that. Um, but I just want to quickly check those uh, women's flyweight rankings. Uh, as I say, Cortez is 14th. Uh, 
And, you know, yeah, I, I, I'd love to see her fight a, uh, a Jennifer Meyer or a Viviana Arujo and try and get into or a Lauren Murphy maybe try and get into that top what? 10 uh, and see what she can do from there. Um, there the was fight a really after that. Oh, go on, sorry. Go on, no, what were you going to say? You, you stand on the Cortez the fight, sorry. Charez versus Lacerda. Yeah, what's that? So that was a really interesting one. It was one of those ones where the kids were running around by this point in the morning and I, I wasn't fully focusing but Charez looked like he beat Lacierda by a standing anaconda choke. It looked from first viewing, you were like, oh, wow, that's good. And first then, round, right? Yes. And then as Chris Tyone steps in and waves it off, Lacerda is just stood up going, what? No, I'm, I'm not out. I'm fine because he didn't tap. What happened was... He was sort of trying to fight the hand a bit, then trying to fight the hand again. And then his hand just went limp. And Chris Tyone, he stepped in too soon. He made a mistake and he stepped in too soon. And he thought by that hand going limp that he was out. But actually, that wasn't the case. He wasn't out. He was just relaxing. It's one of those situations where if you're in that choke and you can't do anything about it, uh, from my knowledge, sometimes the best thing to do is just if you're not, it's going to be very uncomfortable and painful. But if it's not choking you out, just relax, let them burn their arms out. And then if once they get a bit weaker, then you can try and find an escape and then their arms are burnt out and you can press forward with your attack. It's when you're shifting around loads, when the choke's not quite in, that that can make space for the choke to lock in a little bit deep, deeper. So it's... It was just one of those moments. Chris Tony made a mistake. He saw the arm go limp. He stepped in. And then the what's brilliant is the referees and judges or whatever it was, they, they went to the tape, they reviewed it, and it was called like a, a, a no decision. So that, I guess, is going to have to be run back or whatever. It's almost a shame they don't treat it like old school WWF. And like, I don't know whether this is possible, but like in old school kind of like WWF fights and stuff, what you would get is you would get like a controversial decision or a moment where like Vince McMahon or someone would, they've rung the bell and -and so-and-so's won. And then he walks down the ring and he's like, no, or another referee runs down to ring and has a whisper in the other referee's ear. And he goes, no, he cheated. His feet were on the ropes or someone came in and and hit the other guy or whatever it was. And then the, the, um, uh, the announcer would be like, due to the referee having some more information, uh, that so-and-so is not the winner. This fight will continue. And you're like, yes, let's do that. Let's just go. All right, there was a mistake here. Let's go back. Let's say it's either it's round two or it's, uh, you know, there's a minute and a half left in round number one. Let's go. Because what I really feel for, and this is because of the pay structure within the UFC and stuff, is that neither of these guys is going to get their full paycheck. Yeah. They've got half their paycheck for turning up. And then neither of them, like you feel really sorry for Cherez because as far as he's concerned, he's won. And it's not his fault that this decision was a bad decision, but he's won. He's expecting double his paycheck, which when you're this low down the card as well, you're thinking he probably needs that because that's probably the difference between him going and working uh, a a day job and then training in the evenings to going, oh no, I can train for the next few months and, and that's it. Just solely train and be a pro fighter because those are the issues that we have in, in, in MMA. Um, yeah. But also, you, 
you can't say to Lacerda, oh no, you've you've just lost when he when he didn't. So I almost want the fight to continue so that we can get a definitive answer and go, oh, okay, at least this guy is going to get his full paycheck. Um, yeah. So that was a bit of a weird one. Um, Kopilov absolutely destroyed friend, battered his face, and then landed some mean body shots to end it. There was like a kick to the body that really rattled friend. I think it was round two. I can't remember. Um, and then yeah, it was. Uh, and then he gave him a, a, a dig to the ribs shortly after that kick, and you could just see it was just it was just too much for friend. Kopilov's looking really good, and again, one of these guys like. He's lost his first two fights going into the UFC. Got into the UFC, lost his first two fights, and you're like, oh, this guy can't can't cut it at this level. And now he's won four in a row, and they're all finishes. We're seeing this is a blueprint, isn't it? Get your, get your losses out of the way when you start, and get then just losses. go on a tear. Yeah. Get go it all done tear. early doors. <laughs> so again, four fights in a row, four finishes. You would hope he's going to get a big fight next, whether it be a ranked opponent or a big name at middleweight that isn't ranked, something there that kind of propels him forward because he's looking very, very good. Uh, and then uh, Lupi Godinez versus uh, Elise Reed. Uh, Elise Reed, sorry. Um, there was if oh, there was one of those kind of squeamishy moments in round one where I don't know how Elise Reed survived this armbar attempt. Like, Lupi Godinez was was absolutely smashing her, but got her down into this armbar, and Elise Reed's just, her arm flexibility was able to keep her in it. She was using, she really cleverly using her feet to break the arm lock regularly of Lupi Godinez so that she couldn't quite pull on the arm enough. Really good work with her feet to kind of stop that. I've not seen that defense enough with these arm bars, and it makes me think we should probably see it more, just break the lock with the feet. But then she was able to grab hold of the arm, twist it in a slightly different direction, so it wasn't just going straight like that. It was going kind of like that way. And then um, uh, I think it was Herb Dean. I think it was Herb Dean. He was so ready to stop this fight because it looked like that arm was about to snap in two. And he was so poised and ready to stop it. But Elise Reed just somehow continued to not tap and just survived that round. And it was it was incredible. Sadly, it was all for naught because in the yeah. second round, she not only has she probably had all her tendons, not her bones, but her tendons all ripped up in her arm or something. But then uh, Godinez uh, took her back and, and won by rear naked choke in round two. Um but yeah, I mean, if you want to see some crazy arm flexibility and toughness, go and watch round one of Lupi Godinez versus Elise Reed. That was something else. I don't know how she survived that armbar. Oh, I, I could watch hours and hours of like people's reactions watching them armbars and. The, oh the no, no, no. Oh. I, I, I react it, to it just <laughs> thinking about it. I just my, my arm. I just go. Oh, I'm like I'm like that. I'm like flapping my wings like doing a chicken dance or something. Oh no, don't do not the arm. I'm just doing that the whole time. It's terrible. Oh, wonderful. All right. Well, look, um, if uh, uh, you've, you've enjoyed today's episode, uh, thanks ever so much for listening. If you have enjoyed, as I said, uh, this episode, go check out the back catalogue because um, we're over 170 episodes in there and uh, there's some wonderful chats to be enjoyed with um, some of the superstars of this sport. You can hear Blake and I talking to Alexander Volkanovsky. He's been on this show twice now. You can hear us talking to recovering light heavyweight champ uh, Jamal Hill. Um, Tyron Woodley, Michael Bispin, 
Dan Hardy, uh, Mark Goddard, Arnold Allen, Paddy the Baddy Pimlet's been on a few times. Uh, Molly McCann has been on a few times. Who else? Who else? Corey Sandhagen, Ricky Simone, <sighs> Derek Brunson, uh, Arnold Nathaniel Allen, Will- Jack Shaw, Brett Johns, uh, Oban Elliott, and George Hardwick from the uh, uh, Cage Warrior scene. Oban Elliott, now obviously now a UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Graham Boylan, president of the uh, of Cage Warriors. Um, yeah, don't want to jinx loads. it. Don't want to jinx it. But we should have a absolute monster of Cage Warriors um, recording with us next week, who uh, is looking to, uh, to 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 follow in the footsteps of a teammate um, at Next Gen. And uh, and if we can get that one secured for this week, that'll be coming your way next week. In I'm the disappointed meantime, at you, and I'm shaking my head disparagingly. Because whenever we've done this, whenever we've said, <laughs> oh, we've got this coming your way, or we've got a fu- uh, uh, chat with this person coming up, it never works out. Oh, I am just, so disappointed. Up, You've it. absolutely ruined this. <laughs> um, guys, we are constantly trying to reach out to uh, fighters as well to try and get them on and add to our roster of uh, interviews that we've we've had. If there's anyone that you uh, would love us to to chat to, uh, within reason, obviously. We know we're not we're not superstars yet. We're not Ariel Helwani guys. But uh, but if there's anyone you want us to chat to, whether it be someone on uh, the the kind of local British scene that you think has got a, a really solid future, whether it be someone in the UFC, Cage Warriors, Bellator, whatever, give us a shout. Um, and uh, and we will try and make it happen. We we you know we want to get guests on and we want to get uh, get you some really interesting chat so uh so please do um get uh, get in touch with us and also shout out to nathaniel woods because i believe he signed a contract to fight a a, a, a yeah, fight man. a short notice recently i don't know who the opponent is yet oh i don't know if that's been announced i, I thought you was talking about he's he's having a little wrestle as well isn't he is he have you not seen who he's uh who he's fighting? oh he's fighting Algermain sterling isn't he yeah, like a polaris man. like grappling love thing. it that's right well that. best of best of luck to nathaniel wood for that but also um who do you uh, think yeah, is? who's he fighting a short notice at, at featherweight? Oh. I don't know. I want to know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to message him. I should have messaged do him. It. I'm going to message do him. Do it. Uh, and find out who he's fighting. But um, Well, yeah. hopefully but, we'll get Nate back on then. Once that's announced we'll get and we've Nate. got come, we'll, we'll, we'll get him back on because he's, we'll get uh, Nate he's a back proper on. mate of the show. He's... Uh, He's Nate. Right. Um, yeah, make sure you subscribe. Give us a follow on the socials. Um, we're probably, I'd say, most active on um, Instagram. That's not to say that we don't have a presence uh, and we don't post on Facebook and Twitter. Um, yeah, give us a follow. Just and also MMA TikTok. Show. Stu oh, yes, Stuwiffin is the oldest account holder on TikTok. And, uh, and he, uh, he's putting stuff out there and, it's, you know, he's doing really well. He's putting uh, putting the MMA fan podcast out on TikTok. Listen to you. I don't, oh, he, I don't he, touch any do, of that stuff. Didn't he do well? Oh, granddad over do there. Well, well granddad done, mate. Well, well done. No, no, congratulations. <laughs> You're doing a bit of TikTok and you were able to screen share on this. Well done. Don't oh, accidentally the delete the bright, recording mate. or something. The you know, don't, don't say that. Now that. you're tempting fate <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, we had we posted we posted what last week eighty nine point two thousand views we got on one of our TikToks. Mental. I got overly excited. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what. That, I don't know if that's good. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't uh, do it, look, it looks good to me. 
But if you uh, told me but, we got ten views, I'd have been like, oh, that's probably an improvement on how it's been before. So, <laughs> good, whatever, good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go and give us a follow over on TikTok, and if you've not watched the podcast yet, um, head over to YouTube and subscribe over there. And uh, if you want to see us um, not doing uh, the, 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 the podcast as we are currently um, over Zoom footage, which looks great, um, but go and have a little look at the uh, the, the Bruce Buffer episode because um, we went and met Bruce and uh, and there's a there was a little sort of camera crew there and it looked beautiful. It's a, it's a really good um, way to kind of make you in your introduction to watching us on uh, on YouTube. So go check out the Bruce Buffer episode and because it's fucking Bruce Buffer. Like oh, I mean, what other reason do you need for days? Absolutely. Right, we're back next time. Um, in the meantime, um, see ya. Bye.